As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Basley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm going to hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlag, for part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Oh, what's up, Andrew? (laughs) Another Wednesday, Al. Just another Wednesday. Another uh, Wednesday, we're getting to see the extended roster, Andrew. We're we're in the extended roster section of the season. There's a lot of exploration happening right now. Speaking of yeah. that, let's talk about the the uh, injury report for today against the Nuggets. They play in Denver, and they have Lou Dort out, left shoulder strain. I don't know when the strain mm. happened, but it is strained. Josh Giddy out, hip soreness, right hip soreness. Mm. Ty Jerome out, left hip soreness. Mm. Mike Muscala out, right ankle soreness. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, right foot, third metatarsal fracture, out. Aaron Wiggins, right ankle sprain. Saw it happen. That was looked, nasty. Looked painful. Uh, same ankle that he rolled before. Yeah. Uh, and then Kendrick Williams, out, left knee sprain. Now, when Mark has been asked about these injuries, he has said that these aren't day to day, like none of them. And <laughs> don't really, we don't get a lot of information about them. And yeah. it doesn't seem like any of these guys are particularly close to coming back anytime yeah. soon. So the, it, it's, it's quite an adventure out there when your point of attack 
defender is Viet Krejci. Yeah, it is tough. And and on the offensive side, it's like I'm paying attention to what Trey's doing one-on-one. I'm paying attention to what SGA's doing one-on-one. Yeah. But like the rest of it, like I can't, I can't. I, I just, you don't like believe it doesn't in the matter. Fu- the future of <laughs> these other fellows? <laughs> like if, if I could bring one guy back, uh-huh. obviously it would have to be Giddy. Because no if question. Giddy was just out there, yeah. We'd be doing some more SGA Giddy exploration, yeah. and I would be perfectly satisfied. That's all I really need. That's all I really wanted for the rest of this season. I just want to get more minutes of that pairing. Yep. Try out some different stuff. See if we can get Shea some catch and shoot looks. That's all. That's all I really wanted. And I, we're not even getting that, which no. is fine because Trey's been making up for it. But and, and Shea for that matter. Um, yeah, Shea's been. But really yeah, good. I, I, I would just like. Just bring. I hope Giddy is not out the rest of the season. That would be a huge bummer. It would be a huge bummer. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know. I wish it's I could. Not day to day. It could be year wish, to year. Wish Andrew. I could say. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you in twenty twenty four, Josh Giddy. Yeah. yeah. No. I. I don't know. I would hope that he would be back. I think he would be back. I. I don't remember an injury happening in a in the game, so I don't know when it happened or what happened or why he's sore i don't know i have no idea but it will make this next stretch a lot easier it'll be a lot easier to lose games (laughs) that's that's for sure i don't even know if that's true andrew (laughs) which i'll come back i'll come back to that you can come back to it but i the end of that king's game things unraveled quickly they did quickly and and credit to the Kings for blowing out a team and me still still feeling awful about the team. Like, like if I was a Kings fan watching that game, like that, I did not come away from that game feeling like, oh, my team just blew out the Thunder. They, they had, did not. They had like no, they did. They did. They did at the very end, but for forty minutes, they had like no pop. Yeah. to them at all. It was, I've seen a lot of bad performances this season. (laughs) A lot of them. Not only from the Thunder, but from a lot of other teams. And that was one of the worst. I mean, they weren't, they like weren't running any crisp actions. And you could tell that by just looking at the stat sheet where you see Domas at halftime has got like five shots and like all these turnovers. And they, they couldn't do anything with the Thunder defense. Like the Thunder didn't have any like, good to elite defenders in there at all. It was just a scheme. And they played it well, and they played it. They played hard. Like they played really crisp. And the Kings are out there going through the motions, and it has to be so frustrating because they finally like made a trade. They changed the team. It's like, man, you can you just you can't take the Kings out of the Kings, man. Like the Kings are just they, the Kings. They, they, like that game. It was like when we play some of these teams that are really good, where they'll just kind of like mess around for three quarters like and then turn the it on. A few weeks ago, yeah, yeah. Except the difference is like the Kings haven't made the playoffs in sixteen years. Like, why are they playing like this? They they should be using every single minute to figure out like how this Fox Sabonis thing is going to work. Like, who pairs best on the existing roster with them? And it just felt so lifeless. Oh, it was for so, so bad. much of that game. It was so bad. There, there's some funny, uh, I don't know how many Kings people you follow, but there's some uh, funny back and forths today. Dave Carmichael, who's one of their like local radio guys, yeah, 
beefing, beefing with some fans, and it's good stuff. I've been, <laughs> I've been checking in on that today. <laughs> <laughs> what is the beef about? Uh, there's obviously a subset of Kings fans who watch games like that and don't just look at the final score and say, like, is this team even closer to, like, are they closer to the playoffs than they were a month ago? Right. Even looking ahead to next season, are they really? And then you see what Halliburton's been doing in Indiana, and it's like, would it really have been that much worse? Like, would, would our playoff odds really have gone down that much Yeah. if we just kept Halliburton? I mean, that's what this is all about, Yeah. making the playoffs. Now, they still have the summer to f- figure out something. I mean, there's obviously huge deficiencies on this Kings roster. And if they happen to bring in some defenders and maybe a, a, a rim runner or something. I mean, Rashawn Holmes is kind of that, but he's not going to probably be playing with Sabonis. If, if they they have an opportunity to make the team better mm-hmm. and it could potentially make sense. It just doesn't yet make sense, but I, th- I, they're just stressed because this is, they made not necessarily like an all in move, but like sort of, the, sort of an all in move. Like I mean, tra- it, it, they shrunk their timeline, tr- trading a rookie scale player for a guy who's on a big contract. I mean, that's a, it's a pretty all in move. And, and when you do that, you want to see even if even if they don't make the playoffs, like you want to see. Okay, we have like something here. Mm-hmm. And games like that against OKC, like eighty percent of it was just like, what are what's the plan here? Yeah, I, I was sitting with Joe Masato at the game, and I was like, you know what? I think if you if they just somehow switched rosters with the Kings, this Thunder team would be like the sixth seed. <laughs> you know. You mean oh, if those players were just coached by if Mark those if those players OK. were in the Thunder ethos, yeah, and coached by Mark Degnault, I I feel like like they're talented, like they've got a they've got a lot of guys that would play on a lot of playoff teams. You know, that's like one of the things that we judge the man dude guy rankings. Like, could they play on a, on a playoff team? They happen to have several guys that could go and play for any playoff team right now. And yeah, they, they just do. they just can't get it together it's just it's just very kings like the whole thing is very kings everybody got excited about domas after game one and it's like just just wait just wait they're gonna be they're gonna be the kings again don't worry they need like i think they need a new coach but like a coach who is just like all-encompassing like he he brings a level of like he brings culture with him like they can't just go out there and hire like a first timer or something and yeah. bring him into that Kings organization. Like you have to bring someone who can change it on his own. I don't know who that is or who would want that. You're one. T- you're one Tibbs after he gets fired. Honestly, maybe is that a terrible idea? Bring me year one Tibbs in Sacramento. Like, would it be crazy if Tibbs went there and all of a sudden they're like a top? 12 defense no <laughs> would it really it would shock not. us no i want to see it and then i want to see it all crumble in year two i want to see but it. hey the the first year will make it all worth it it will the king's fans will go crazy and the vec will be very happy uh, that seriously is what like an, a good idea I, I actually like that idea thank you that's my idea i had it right now <laughs> Let's go. Uh, did you see the the uh, Jake Fisher report on Bleacher Report? 
Uh, I did about the Lakers. Yes, he says he rep- is reporting that the Los Angeles Lakers and Russell Westbrook have mutual interest in parting ways this coming off season. The follow up to that was the most interesting part, though, because there was some like optimism that they could still trade him, yeah, because they'll have an extra first round pick. But then him saying that like the most likely scenario is that they would just wave and stretch him, yeah, which that's so that'd be, I think that's a plus. A year plus one, so it'd be three years. So you spread that forty-eight million over three years, which is a lot. That's a lot of money. That's that's uh, sixteen million. When you're trying to compete a year. for a t- when you're trying to compete for a title, and you already don't have the right pieces yet, and you have just sixteen million of your cap, just as nothing. And and it like I, I guess it part of it doesn't really matter because they would still be. They're, they'd be like within two and a half million of the tax, mm-hmm. and so yeah. it would open them up to sign some of these deals that are available around there. Well, you but use still, your, you like use your full mid level though. Yeah, like I wouldn't care as much about the dead money next year. It's just like beyond that, having to deal with that sixteen million in, in year two and three. I don't know. I I don't know how they trade them. Yeah, but because I, I I don't I. I would not want to go into the summer and then do the John Wall trade mm-hmm. and then just expect that that's going to fix anything. <laughs> Who at that point will have played like, you know, 60 games in three seasons or something. I can't believe that we could have another John Wall, Russell Westbrook trade. <laughs> Brutal, man. I mean, for Russ's sake, I hope he do- I hope they do the wave and stretch. Yeah. So that whatever team decides to go all in with Russ, it yeah. will be a mutual thing. This it's, was a mutual not... thing. No, I know, but like... This definitely was a mutual thing. Russell w- Russell <laughs> was a Laker before he was a Laker. I know, but I, for Russ's sake, I don't want him to get traded to another place where they're doing it more. Like, like if he went to Houston, they're doing that to try to get a pick. Yeah, they don't but really they care wa- about Russ. Yeah, but you think they would waive him... They're not waving John Wall. I know, but I mean, Russ. It's it's Russell Westbrook versus John Wall. You know, John Wall is like used to sitting out. Russell doesn't sit out. You know what I mean? Like he would cause a stink if they made him. You think? Yeah, you think he would if they if the Rockets told him, "Hey, I want you to go home." We don't want hell. You they to might. Play, we don't. Want they you might to play, play him, Andrew. They might play him. It'll be him and Schroeder and Jalen Green, the three guard lineup. <laughs> I can't wait for the Russell Westbrook Christian Wood pick and roll combo. There'll be some good vibes. <laughs> it, w- it would actually be some of, of the most toxic vibes in the NBA if that happened. But arguably, like one of the better center fits <laughs> with Russ in recent memory. Please stop. Please, <laughs> Maybe. Please. Stop. You that. know, you know, I don't like Christian Wood, but still, <laughs> Christian Wood is—he's absolute toxin to your team. Just inject toxic vibes into your team. That's what Christian Wood is. It's crazy. Um, okay, you want to go through some stats? Hey, uh, yeah, let's take a quick break before we go to some stats. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, 
courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back from that quick break. Time for some stats. Uh, okay, so these are just some stats. I, I, eight of them, Andrew. This is almost like a mini Andrew versus the beat, but it's Andrew versus Andrew. Okay, okay. So these are some questions I've come up with based on how the team's been playing recently because oftentimes, guy, I just ate a huge bowl <laughs> of uh, macaroni and it's coming back up as Ma- I'm speaking. Macaroni? Yeah, I had macaroni for breakfast. For breakfast <laughs> with cheese or just like plain noodles? Uh, no, it had it had uh, meat meat sauce. Uh, you know, meats was this like and, leftovers? Yeah, yeah, leftovers. Okay, all right. I and then I, I can't I can't do dairy, so I have I have to put nutritional yeast as my parmesan. <laughs> nutritional. It's really it's really sad, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Has a lot of B vitamins though. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, no, I was gonna say. You know, you watch these guys and you get an idea of them in your head and it kind of gets locked in. And that's happened multiple times for me personally, where I'll just like, I get an opinion of a guy and then that's just who he is. And then I'll go look at the stats over a stretch and be like, oh, he's not that at all. Uh (laughs) He's actually the opposite of that. So we're (laughs) we're just going to talk about some of these. And some of these are in here to fool you. Okay. They're not all like negative. Some of these are very good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, bench bays. Let's talk about bench bays. Okay. Uh, true shooting in December. This, this was when he, he made the switch to the bench. Mm-hmm. 11 games. He actually made seven starts, but that was when he started to go to the bench. His true shooting was 56.3%. League average this year is 56.1%. So, that, that was a big deal for bays to get over the average true shooting percentage in the league. That was exciting. January... 13 games, only started two of those, so now full bench base. Yeah. Full bench base. True shooting holds strong, 55.2%. Mm-hmm. Drop, dropped a little bit, a little under league average, but pretty close. Yeah. And we're, so it's we're fine. still feeling good. This is like, this is peak bench base. Yeah. Based on that, he learned a lot when he was on the bench. Sure. He comes into February, 12 games, but now he has to start a lot. 11 starts. Yeah. Did he bring what he learned with on the bench, did he bring that with him when he came back as a starter? What do you think his true shooting percentage was in February? 12 games, 11 starts. Gosh, he was so up and down because he was really good at the start and then has been pretty bad after the break. I'll say that he did bring it with him. He did not. Oh, no. (laughs) His true shooting percentage in February has been 48%. Oh, no. I feel like Which he had is, a couple of good games in February. Am I wrong? I mean, perhaps he did, but I, that kind of surprised me because, yeah. you know, we, we have these blocks of games. I mean, that was 24 games across December and January. Yeah. Where offensively, obviously, he's been playing very well defensively throughout yeah. this whole period. Mm-hmm. Offensively, we were feeling pretty high because it felt like, okay, he's figuring it out. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. He's doing the right things. And 
arguably he's still doing those right things. Mm-hmm. It's just his percentages have come back down. Like he's now shooting in February, shot 50% at the rim. <laughs> so like a significant drop off there. Cause I, I think I forget what it was back good. in December, January, but I think he was in like the sixties Yeah, and the threes have never gone in. So that hasn't, even when he was playing well, even when his true shooting percentage was up, he wasn't necessarily hitting his threes. Yeah. So it's, it all comes back to that finishing around the rim yeah. with him and he has tailed off. And again, it's so weird that it's when he starts, like that's, that's the like main thing you can point to when he's off the bench everything just works a little bit better for him as far as finishing. Yeah. The, there's not really a redeemable shooting stat for Baisley this season. There's not. There's, there's like, other things. I mean, yeah, you know, the, we've, we've talked about his defense and, the, you know, his him becoming like a legitimately good shot blocker in this league yeah. has been like a really impressive development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he is obviously a part of them being a good defense mm-hmm. because who else is like who, who individually are you super excited about like Bays is probably at the top of that list because Dort's been out mm-hmm. a lot like it's it's been Bays, but Wiggins. offensively it we, seems to be tailing back off it's just something to watch going forward yeah keep an eye on it in March let's see if he bounces back bounce back Bays. that sounds had, good there hadn't been a lot of juice with Bays recently. Like the Kings game, he was just kind of there. Yeah. Dude, I think he needs the energy of the bench. The bench gives him superpowers. The problem is, who do you start? <laughs> who do you start now? Favors Sar. He didn't play court. Favors the other night against Domas. Um, yeah, I, I this is this is why other guys need to come back. So we can get bench base again. Start Poku. Uh, okay, number two. In February, 12 games, what would you guess Trey Mann's percentage at the rim was? So finishing at the rim. In February? Uh, yeah, just off the top of your head. It's 12 games. He's starting to get some buzz. KOC wrote a little nice little blurb about him. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, Jackson Frank sharing clips of Trey Mann okay. in his bag, Andrew. Must, it must be not good. Uh, 48%. Uh, you're about 10 percentage points too high. <sighs> He's shooting 38.5% at the rim. And this was probably the most shocking stat to me because we've talked about Bays, how like the mechanics are kind of weird, and maybe that explains mm-hmm. the finishing at the rim. We've talked about Dort, how it seems like he just doesn't have that touch, and when he's just barreling towards the rim, he it's very hard for him to just get that nice touch at the very end. Mm-hmm. Trey Mann, like if you watch any of his finishes, even the ones that don't go in, like they look good. Everything like he those, does. That's the thing about Trey is that everything he does looks good. And he, I always look at the stat sheet and like, oh, like I'm always disappointed when I look at his stat sheet after watching him play for ten minutes. I'm like, oh, he only yeah. had, how does he only have four points? Like he did some beautiful things out there. Like he he had a few moves against Muves. He had a few moves <laughs> against the Kings where he like would perfectly get to the rim and yeah. then it just like kind of bounces out. Yep. yep. And so I'm not obviously I'm not freaking out about it. He's a rookie, but who cares? Mm-hmm. But I just was kind of shocked at how bad like thirty eight point five percent is like absurd. And I, I get yeah. that it's a small sample size, it's twelve games, but this is the period when we've been excited about Trey. So for him to be that bad while looking as good as he is, it was just kind of a 
It was a shock. Yeah. The only guys that have shot worse from zero to three feet this season, Darius Baisley, 55.9%. That's so bad for a big guy. Uh, Olivier Saar is 50% on oh, really? like very limited attempts. Uh, Ty Jerome is 47% on the season, and Teo's 43% to Trey Mann's 57% at the rim. So, um, Yeah, so just something to watch. Mm-hmm. Everything looks beautiful, but can he start finishing some of these? Yeah. Okay, next one. What do you think is SGA's longest streak in his career shooting over 50% from the field? So how many games in a row? Say it again, I'm sorry. How many games in a row, longest streak in his career, SGA shooting over 50% from the field? Oh. Ten. I don't know. Four. Only mm. four. He's done it five times, but he is currently on a streak. Yes. Yeah. So he could he could tie his personal record against Denver. He's Ooh. had three in a row, right? Yeah, three in a row. Um, although, what did he do right before... I have it written down that he could actually set his personal record. Is that true, Andrew? Is that true, Andrew? <laughs> I'm going to go right. look at his game logs. Here we go. Nope. Okay. He's had three in a row. So he can tie it, tie it. against yeah. Denver. Um, just wanted to bring this up to say that, like, what we're seeing from Shea right now. And obviously, he hit his threes in the game against the Kings. He didn't, he wasn't, he didn't hit his threes in those first two games. Like, he was one or five in both games. But what he's doing in terms of getting to the line, being aggressive, like it's it's peak Shea. Like th- that part of his game is as good as it's ever been right now. Yeah, since coming back from injury. Yeah, he he looks like one of the best guards in the NBA right now. Yeah, he, he does. Really does. And and it's starting to come through with some of these streaks. Like a, another streak is the thirty point streak. Like because he's had three games in a row now. That's another thing where he will set a record if he does it again, a personal record. Um, and, he does it again against Denver. And, I mean, he has to take 20 shots, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, he has. He, what's amazing is he only took 16 shots against the Kings. The 16 shots, 37 points on 16 shots is, is so impressive. Like, that's, that is the, that's the kind of player that we saw last season before he went out. And we hadn't seen a whole lot of, like, crazy efficient Shea this year. And yeah. he, he even said that his conditioning is better now. And that's one of the oh, reasons really? why that he's, he said he just feels oh, really? quicker. And then also, I don't know that did you, if you saw um, what Mark said about his shooting yesterday. I thought this was really, really interesting. He said that if you take away all of the end of shot clock threes from Shea's stats, that yeah. he's, he's shooting in the mid 30s from three this season. So, like 35 okay. or 36%. He hmm. said that a lot of times at the beginning of the seasons, this is something that they've been telling him to do is that he, they would get into their actions kind of s- slowly. And so, a lot of times you run action number one, it doesn't work. The ball just fizzes around the perimeter and it ends up in Shea's hands with two seconds left on the shot clock and he just has to fire something away. Right. And he said, like, that was killing his percentages. And he said, so now, right now, they're trying to emphasize Shea getting into actions a lot faster and um, that he's not going to end up with the ball at the end and kill his percentages. So the thun- I think that Mark 
kind of eased some concerns, I think, or at least should have eased some concerns for Thunder fans about his shooting because I think that he's probably closer to like a 37, 38% three-point shooter probably for his career. And he hasn't been that far away from that if you just give him like real shots within the offense. Next one. How many players average more free throw attempts per game than Shea? How many players in the league? What would you guess? Just throw a number out. How many players do you think are averaging more free throw attempts per game? Hmm. Five. Pretty close. Seven. It's only Ja, Luca, DeMar, Harden, Jimmy Butler, Giannis, and Embiid. Wow. Those, those are the only players in the NBA who average more free throw attempts per game than Shea. That's a superstar list right there, Al. That is a superstar list. I mean, those are all... All-star. I was about to say, are they all all-star starters? It's pretty close. I don't think Jimmy Butler was. Um, but yeah, those are all all-stars, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you look at some of the guys he's ahead of, like, you know, he's now ahead of Trey Young, who was kind of like the free-throw guy last year. Yep. Um, it's just really impressive. I mean, I remember at the beginning of last year, we when we still didn't know what we had mm-hmm. with SGA, we were saying, what could be his elite skill? Yeah. It's It's clear now that it is getting to the rim. Yeah. And getting to the line. Yeah. And with like the rules, and I know that the, they've changed them some, but that's part of the reason why Trey Young isn't right crazy yeah. high on this list because they changed a couple of rules that were basically little cheat codes for, for Trey Young. So Little cheat codes, except Harden's still up there. How about that? How about that? J- Hasn't phased the beard. James is just different, though. Like he's a lot. He gets fouled a lot differently. He's thick. He's really thick. He's he's good, man. He's he's been he's really good. And actually, that brings us to our next question: How many players in the league have a higher frequency of isolation plays than SGA? So players that actually run who who runs more ISO than Shea in the league? <laughs> oh man, just a number. Yeah, it's a percentage, like a percentage of their possessions yeah. that they are well, I mean you I'm giving you a number of players. You give me a number of just players who are higher than Shea. 4 0 Now, this is partially one because James Harden in Brooklyn did run more iso than SGA. Okay. So, we'll we'll see if that holds true in Philly it hasn't in and these first couple the games. This is on the whole season. Yeah, yeah. Over the whole season, James Harden would be one. Okay. SGA, 28.6% of his plays are ISO. And just to put that in perspective, they, they only do this stat back, I think, five years. Yeah. There are only two players who have had an ISO frequency above that the entire in the last half decade, and it's CP3 and Harden. That's it. That's like in 1718, Harden, CP3, 1718, Harden and CP3, 1819, like those Houston teams. Yeah, where it was just like, it, go get yours. It, yeah. Dude, 1819, Harden's frequency was 48.7%. Holy smokes, man. Half of, his, half of his shots were ISO. It sounds right, though. I remember watching those teams and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is so miserable. Just Or half of his plays, not half the shots. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then 1920, he was at 45%. Since moving to Brooklyn, it's declined 33 and 31, but he's still like far above everyone else. I just thought it was shocking that like SGA's ISOs 
are that high. Yeah. Like no one's close to him. Yeah, and a lot of it is just the talent that's here. Is that they they don't have any true play finishers. They've got they've got some guys that are trying some stuff, but honestly, the the best offense might be Iso Shea, and it's still the worst offense in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, so I was gonna say if you go and look at like points per possession, he's actually only in like the sixty eighth. He, it's the 60 oh, let's be honest it's oh, the 69th percentile out. i didn't want to say it but it is the 69th percentile yeah, noise uh but i don't really chalk that up to like as a negative like harden is in the 80 something percentile if, yeah for me it, it, it does have to do with like once he starts driving the defense can just <laughs> suck in to the paint because nothing else matters what else do you yeah even right now there's yeah there's nothing to be afraid of and there was really, there really was never anything to be afraid of within the Thunder offense. But now there's really nothing but him. You know, if if Trey Mann beats you in a game, like just yeah. so be it. I mean, that's kind of how Indiana handled it, and they lost. But it was just like, if some if somebody else actually beats us, you know, we'll shake their hand after the game. God, that was so funny seeing Lance Stevenson hit the game tying shot, yeah. and then using that as fuel to do whatever the hell he did in overtime <laughs> was so funny. Okay. It was very Lance. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Shay's running a bunch of ISOs. They're not wildly successful, but you think that they will be in the future when he is surrounded by better teammates. Mm -hmm. No one would be, really be worried about that. Okay. Next one here. Here we're getting some fun ones, Andrew. What did Poku Shoot in the restricted area in February. Now, I will let you know beforehand, February, probably Poku's best month playing NBA basketball. Yeah. Uh, 77%. That sounds high, but it's pretty close. 72% okay. Poku was in the restricted area. He was quite good. He was quite good. Overall true shooting percentage just in February. 57.4%. Ah. That is above league average. Feels good. Feels good. That, that's exciting because it hasn't been like that ever over an extended period of time. And this is still a small sample, but, you know, it's a month. We got a month of good Poku, and that's something to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, w I was going back because you can actually, like, watch all of his shot attempts in the month of February. So yeah. I was going back and looking through those. And the thing that pops off is him being super aggressive and confident in transition. Yeah. Like he he's trying to get to the rim every time. Yep. And I think it takes it or it makes the defenders like it kind of throws them for a loop. Like they they are not expecting it. Mm-hmm. And he has all these crafty finishes. I'm excited. He's also been shooting well from the corners. Yeah. Which is good because we talked about last year how it felt like Poku was playing like an alpha. It feels more similar to Bayes, as we've talked about over the course of the year. Poku is being more confined. Yeah, they've, they've got him playing a role right now, and he's doing better. And maybe if he gets good at that role, then we will see an expanded arsenal from Poku reemerge. Yeah, but I'm 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 pleased. Yeah, for right now. Yeah. I, I, you just we just wanted to see some progress this season, right? Some progress. I mean, we we didn't need him to be great, but we didn't need him to be Giannis. No, we don't need him to be Giannis. He's not going to be Giannis. <laughs> I mean, we do need we do need him to be we, Giannis. <laughs> yeah, we do, but he's not going to be. And it was it was looking bleak 
through the first portion of this season where it was just like, oh no, what have they done with Poku? You they know. just have to. They have to send him to the G League every year. He like goes there. He recharges. He like relearns how to play basketball. He comes back. He always looks better. I know. You That's just, his secret sauce. Just send him to the G League this summer, right? All summer. Let him. Let the boy play summer league. That would be okay. My please, petition. yes, please. Can we get Poku in summer league? I don't want to hear any more about. We're built. He's going to be ripped. We got a bunch you know of strength. That did program that, that did not help me psychologically this summer it t- <laughs> well because they built us all up they were like oh we you, you, we can't even send him to summer league because what he's doing is so important i know <laughs> it put me in a it put me in a it put me in a really bad place for myself mentally it, it, it set me up for just some extreme failure later yeah it was unfair and uh it was unfair to him it was unfair to us it was we, let us let us see poku in summer league that's where he would shine. We yes. know he would shine there. Yes. Give, and if you had a, a summer league team w- that's just the Thunder without Shea, <laughs> that would be fun. Let's go. I'm in. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna send Josh to summer league. Really? Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be our guard? Trey. Oh, okay. Okay. I forgot about Trey. I was thinking they're gonna send Teo back out there. They may draft a guard. Jaden Ivy. By the way, Teo at the rim. Didn't even want to bring it up, but I'll just say it's been worse than Trey. Uh, on the season, it's it. He's forty three percent. He it's dunked. He Atlanta. dunked in that last game. He has one dunk on the season. He has two dunks for his career. Okay, congratulations, Teo Maladon. Uh, Olivier Saar. He's like been the first rim threat. Okay, see, I, I noticed in that Kings game, they were like trying to throw him lobs. Yeah. It sort of worked. Okay, next, everyone's been talking about the uh, SGA and Giddy pairing. Yes. Um, if, if you weren't aware, the, the net rating of the team when both of those guys are playing is negative 9.7. That's in 907 minutes. Uh, not good, but we've we've talked about this before. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's early. We were excited to see because it felt like the team was changing their approach a little bit. They even Mark brought it up in a press conference. Yeah. So that's what we were excited to see because maybe that would have affected the net rating, but now we don't get to see it because Giddy has a sore hip. Okay, what do you think the net rating of OKC is when SGA is on but Giddy is off? This is five hundred and seventy-eight minutes. Plus five. No, that would be insane, Andrew. If they were plus five in 578 minutes, they probably have like more wins. It's plus 0. 0.7. Plus 0. 0.7. Hmm. I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking of a different it, number. It just went down. It was like plus two, at, but after that Kings game, specifically the fourth quarter, it like dropped two points. Hmm. These are all small sample sizes, but. I just watching that Kings game, especially early on, like it, it just felt like things fit <laughs> for Shea. Like it, everything made sense for Shea. Yeah. In the same way that when Shea was out, everything made sense for Giddy. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not to say that anyone's giving up on this pairing. It's just to say that it doesn't look as awkward when it's just one of them out there and yeah. it kind of makes sense briefly and that shows up in the stats. Yeah. Shea is plus two and a half on the season. I'm cleaning the glass. Oh, good. Well, that probably wiped out that 
because that basically was what it was before the Sacramento fourth quarter, mm-hmm. which would have all been garbage time, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But here we go. Here's a little game for you, Andrew. So all these all these net ratings are with SGA on the court. Mm-hmm. I'm going to name a second player in the same way we just talked about Giddy. You tell me whether the team is better with that player on or off of the court. So Shea's on the court no matter what. Mm-hmm. Is the team better on or off with these following players? Uh, Lou Dort. Worse. That is true. Minus 6.3 when Shea and Dort are together. Minus 3.9 when it's just Shea. That's pretty close, though. Mm-hmm. And I will say that's the... Actually, it's not the closest of all these, but that's pretty close. Uh, base. Much worse. Much worse. Minus 9.1 when it's Bays and Shea. Minus 1.7 when it's just Shea. Wiggins. Better. Worse. Worse. Minus minus seven point seven when they're together, minus five point five when it's just Shea. Whoa. But pretty close. Whoa. I know. That was kind of surprising. Uh Trey Mann. You're at this point you're wondering like, is there anyone is anyone good on the court with Shea? Trey Mann. Hmm. He's gotta be. I think it's probably worse, but it's it can't be that bad. Is it that bad? Better. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Trey Mann and Shea. On the court together, minus 2.5. <laughs> now, it's still not oh. good in the big scheme. But Shea by himself without Trey Mann, minus 6. Now, that that's the fewest amount of minutes. They've only played 354 minutes together. Say, there hasn't been but a ton of run. Yeah. that is still more than Jalen Green and Alperin Shengun have gotten together. Isn't that unbelievable? In your face, Rockets fans. In your face, Rockets. Can you imagine? I'd be so I'd be so mad. I don't know how any and I know a lot of Rockets people are just like so excited and yada yada and there's a lot of Rockets yada yada. But it is it is not a good situation. I don't know how you could watch that team and see what they're doing and just be like, man, this is great. Like they're just doing just the best job. I don't know how you could think that. I think the people that think that are just out of their minds. It it drives me wild because like Okay, fine. If there was like the perfect big for Jalen Green out there mm-hmm. to become better as a guard and he's more of a vet, fine. But like, what is Christian Wood offering that's so much better than what Shengun is offering offensively? Oh, just a bad attitude. Bad attitude. Like, I get that he can do pick and pop, but like, Shengun, like, develop, develop him. Yeah. Develop your guy with the guy he's going to play with for the rest of his career. Like don't you guys don't you want you drafted both of these guys in the top sixteen picks. You don't want to play them together? You traded it looks like you traded two first rounders. Trade two firsts, and they have played fewer minutes than Trey Mann and SGA, who like Mann didn't play at the beginning of the season. This is all minutes from just recently, and they've still played more minutes than that pairing. Mann played in the G League. <laughs> it's just it bothers me so much. Shea's played more minutes with Aaron Wiggins. Yeah. Like a 55th pick. Maybe. And they can't find time. It's the dumbest thing. It's the absolute dumbest thing. <sighs> and then you see Shangun with his, his his quote last night. It was like, we don't get a lot of minutes together, but it's like, what? what's the point? Like, yeah. when, when are you going to play them together? When, if not now? Yeah. What are you waiting for? Yeah. And it's not. I mean, you can even argue that like playing Shea and Trey Mann together like not the greatest idea. Like neither of them play very good defense. They're both want the ball in their hands. Blah blah blah. Like whatever. But a guard and a big, it ain't that hard. 
Just do it. Just make defense, it happen. Your, your defense sucks no matter what. It you does are, not the matter. The team sucks no matter what. The, Just, I, so I looked it up because I did the same thing for Jalen Green and Shangun. And yeah. listen, it's it's bad. It's a negative 19 net rating. Of course. Do you know what the combo is with Jalen Green and Christian Wood? Minus 15. Like, what, who, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, last stat, Aaron Wiggins, aforementioned, his true shooting in 2021, the year 2021, 17 games, about half the season for him, 66.1%. Now, remember earlier we said league average was 56.1? Yeah. 10 percentage points above league average. Wow. In 2021, as a second-round pick, coming into the league, starting to get minutes, what do you think his true shooting percentage is in 2022, which is 23 games? Hmm. I feel like it's not been good. Hmm. How bad is it? 57%. 50. Yeah, he's not been good. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, <laughs> shooting the ball, it, the, and especially the three ball, it's not looked good lately. Yeah, so some some comparisons. So corner threes, these are just comparing 2021 to 2022. 2021, he shot 41.7% from corner threes. And that's that was the point when we were getting excited because it's mm-hmm. like if this cuz he's offering so much defensively. Yeah. He's if he can do that and he can hit a corner three at 40%, like yeah. we're done. Like sign him up. Be great. It's over. Be great. 2022, he's shooting 27.6% just on corner threes. Just on corner, like the easy, the shot he needs to make. Yeah. Restricted area. Now, this is, this is, this, <laughs> he must have not taken that many shots. Apparently, in 17 games in 2021, he was shooting 94.4% in the restricted <laughs> area. 94.4. Huh. But he is in 2022 shooting 53.8. Yeah. Now that's hard to really compare, but just to say that like everything is coming back down to earth. But again, he's a rookie. He's a second rounder. It could be a rookie wall. I mean, that that's could totally be a thing where he's hitting his personal rookie wall. Yeah. Right now, he's getting more time. He's playing or before he like turned his ankle. He's also been dealing with injuries. Like there are things that you can excuse some of this, but it's still something to keep an eye on going forward because the idea of him that we got so excited about in yeah. December-ish time was, wow, this guy is a force on the defensive end. He's, he looks like a plus-minus king. Mm-hmm. 
and he's able to hit corner threes, like there's really nothing else you could ask for from a 55th pick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of development to happen there with him. And he's on basically this... I think he has one year guaranteed, but then it's not guaranteed yeah, I think so. after that. So it's very low risk for the Thunder. If he works out, great. If he doesn't, it's not a big deal. They could even waive him next year if they wanted to, and it wouldn't be a big deal. So those are just... Uh, I hope those stats will just bring up some things you could pay attention to the rest of the season, especially if Giddy's going to be out. Like, what are we looking at? I think Trey Mann's finishing is probably the most interesting to me. Yeah. Just because it looks so good in comparison to everyone else on the team other than Mm -hmm. Shea. And if some of those start falling, falling, like it's really going to significantly improve everything for him. Yeah. Because if he has like that in between craft, like, Mm -hmm. like that, that move he did against the Kings where he like caught the ball and it looked like he was going backwards and then he just immediately blew by the guy. His hezzy move. Yeah. It was That was that was incredible. It was really left cool. left him in the dust. Everything he does is cool. He's Everything. Just one of the coolest players to watch on the court. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He's he's gotta be more efficient if he wants to be the guy that everybody in Oklahoma City thinks he already is. <laughs> like he just has right. to be more efficient. I mean, he's thirty eight percent from the field right now like that's really that's not acceptable and and i think the part you're not worried about is the three-point shot like i I don't even really care what the percentage is right now because it looks so good at least 36 percent on four attempts like that's except that's acceptable right but like i see that and i'm like i don't even care he's like he's gonna be a 40 percent shooter like he's he's a shooter he is that good yeah in fact did you see that b-ball index i love i love when some of these stat companies they post their uh you know, they're kind of like stats about something random. Yeah. And uh, I don't even click the link. It's just like if it says something that I like, I will retweet it. <laughs> <laughs> and and they did a – all the rookies, they give them a score based on their perimeter shooting. Yeah. Like A to A to F, I guess. Yeah. And uh, he, along with Chris Duarte, were the only rookies that were an A+. Hmm. A plus. Now, do I have any idea what that actual stat is based on? What does that mean? No. I don't know. No, not at all. But guess what? Trey Mann has an A plus, which is very good. We got. We did it. Good job, Sam. You got yourself an A plus. That's higher than Kate Cunningham, who got an A. <laughs> uh, uh, Quentin Grimes, A minus. Mo Va- or not Mo Wagner. Uh, Franz Wagner, Franz. A minus. Yeah. And then they also did top rookies in our finishing talent metric. Guess who's number one? Josh Giddy. Uh, no, but actually Josh Giddy is a B. Which he's pretty is good. He's been good. Solid. Yeah, he's been good. Uh no, it's it's Shingun, who they never play. He's A plus. <laughs> he's an A plus, tied with Scotty Barnes. One of the best finishers in this class, and they don't they don't want to they don't want to see what it might look like with their uh, number two overall pick. It's great. It's wonderful. Uh now I I did want to bring up something with you, Andrew, because uh, this was brought up to me, and I've I've been thinking about about it a lot lately. Because people are talking about the 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 giddy SGA pairing. Yeah, you know, it's a hot topic right now. It is hot topic. Do you do you ever buy any band shirts at Hot Topic? Oh yeah, yeah. I went to a Dashboard Confessional concert last night. It made me think of Hot Topic. Oh really? I you we used to buy our like Atticus uh, clothes there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not there anymore, by the way. Really? Is the entire is entire business gone? I don't know if the whole, if the entire hot top. I don't. I would guess not. 
I feel like they got swallowed up by Zoomies. I feel like Zoomies came along and was like, we're we're hot topic for the modern age. Now they're probably washed. Yeah. I don't know who who the hot, what the hot store is now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but it's not there anymore. Maybe PacSun is back. I think PacSun never left. Oh. <laughs> they're the only ones that made it through 20 decades. Um anyways, I I think it's perfectly reasonable to have concerns about the pairing while also saying it's early, mm-hmm. you know, let's obviously give it time. Let's see what happens. But uh, uh, Dennis Todman, who is uh, one of our listeners who lives in D.C., okay. he sent me this uh, a few weeks ago, and I just thought it was kind of interesting it, about the magic. Mm-hmm. Because the magic are, are not good. They, uh, what, they're at like 15 or 16 wins. Yeah. By net rating, they're much worse than the Thunder. Yeah. They're, they're a terrible team. They stink, yeah. But in many ways, very similar to the Thunder, they're playing young guys and and seeing what happens and mm-hmm. trying all these different lineups. And they have a lot of young guys to try. Yeah, and are actually playing them, unlike the Rockets. Markel. But what is interesting? Markel's back. Very exciting. What is interesting is that if you do these same type of pairings with the Magic rookies, the Magic young guys, almost across the board they are positive. Mm-hmm. And so Dennis was just asking the question like. Yes, I'm not worried about Giddy and SGA, but like we can't acknowledge that it is possible for for rookies and young guys to play well together, like it, on bad teams. Like it does happen, and it kind of blew my mind looking at some of these comparisons. Like if you do Franz Wagner with like any of their guards, like even Jalen Suggs, who we think of as having this really underwhelming year, mm-hmm. it's much better with them together than it is when Suggs is off the court, which is kind of wild. It would not be what I th- would think it would be. Mm-hmm. I would think, well, they must, you know, their rookies must not be playing well together in the same way that that just happens with every team. And I'm not saying this is as a negative for OKC, but more as a positive for the Magic. Like, if yeah. you're a Magic fan and you're going through these stats, even though they have 16 wins, you can kind of feel like we might already have something with these combos in terms of fit. Like, they're already playing better together than when they're apart. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting as a comparison. Yeah, Suggs has been good defensively this year. Yeah, so he's still trying to figure stuff out on the other end. But yeah, he had that that wild line. He did have the that one. Wild line. <laughs> what he had like six fouls in how much time? It was. It was. It, it makes <laughs> me saying he's trying to figure it out as like the mo- the understatement of the year. I don't remember what it was, but it <laughs> yeah, was... it was one of those lines that you usually will see for like a role player. Yeah, and that's like the only thing you'll ever hear about them yeah. in their career. It's like, wow, remember when Tony Snell put up this insane stat line? Yeah, Tony Snell in twenty-five minutes was zeros across the board. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this was <laughs> this is a truly incredible stat line. Fifteen minutes, two points, zero assists, one rebounds. One rebounds, six turnovers, six fouls, and one alley oop to himself off the glass. Six turnovers, six fouls in fifteen minutes. If if Giddy did that, like I would be, and I would be, I would overreact. Is what I'm saying. I would go crazy and be like, "What is happening?" It's yeah. But like if if the Thunder's star rookie put up something like that. It's almost—it's just like an unbelievable stat. It's—it's it's so funny. 
it's yeah it would i think we would be very sad even if it was trey man that put up a stat like that we'd be like yikes yeah yikes and yet lineups still good with him on the court and yet, when you and pair him with the other young guys so. i was gonna say he didn't add to the to the bottom of that stat line plus five in those minutes uh actually it was a, this says minus 21 i'm just kidding <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thanks so much for listening to our show. Go follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schleck. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Slam and Jam this week. If, you're not, if you don't subscribe to the Athletic NBA show, please do that. Uh, this Saturday, we have a little check-in with Sam Vecini on the NBA draft. So get ready for that. Should be pretty fun. And uh, we will talk to you guys again on Friday.